Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation! Give me a golf course. 70 courses! Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursions? Time for chill vibes. Beach How about a garden tour? Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Welcome to Worst Year Ever, a production of iHeartRadio. Welcome to the worst year ever. We'll get through it together or not. Everything is so dumb, 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 dumb. Hello and welcome back to Worst Year Ever. My name's Katie Stoll. Mine isn't. It's Cody Johnston. And I'm Robert Evans, uh, and I am not going to be on this episode except for right now. Um, I got some really bad news recently. Um, my mom has pancreatic cancer, and uh, I'm going to be in the process of getting things arranged that I can drive down to. Um, I don't know. You know, do whatever you do. You know, uh, uh, just like kind of be around, spend time with your family. Yeah. So I will. I won't be taking off entirely but i will probably periodically be missing episodes including this one um over the next you know few months so you know not as a heads up i i uh for one thing just kind of wanted to work because it's what i do and it's better than you know thinking about horrible things um but i will be missing some shit here and there so that's 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 the uh, update i wanted to give and uh, I will turn the rest of the episode over to y'all and uh, what I'm sure will be a rad interview. We love you, Robert. Yeah, I love you. Take care of yourself and your family. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. So today we are delighted to be joined by Brittany Vias. Brittany is the owner of yeah. Gorilla Tacos here in Los Angeles and is an organizer within the Los Angeles restaurant community. First off, hello, Brittany. How are you? Hi, thank you. I'm well. Thanks for having me. We're just chat with you guys. Yeah, we're we're really grateful to take up some of your time. I know you're really busy. Um, 
Obviously, the restaurant industry has been greatly affected by the pandemic. That is a gross understatement. Um, for many restaurants, survival during this climate has meant a lot of quick, quick thinking, uh, pivoting without much leadership or, or direction from local governments. So um, I think that I would like to start by just having you walk us through your experience of running owning a restaurant during this time and, and what that has meant for you. Yeah. So Gorilla Tacos opened uh, as a brick and mortar in 2018. Uh, so we were a food truck for six years prior to that. And so if you run a restaurant and if you open something new, it typically takes about a year to 18 months to really start to like, got it. We got all the equipment in place. We got all the people, you know, and now the wheels are turning. We're making money. So we opened July 2018. Um, and so about 18 months later, the pandemic hit. Um, and so when early did you do 2020. The food, when did you start with the food truck? The food truck started in um, 2013. Prior to that, we were a food cart. Um, so we've we've taken baby steps to evolve. So it's 2013 or 2012 was the food cart. Then we got the food truck in 2013. And then from 2013 to 2018, we were just a food truck. And then we became the restaurant in 2018. Wow. That's so impressive. It really is. Yeah. Um, but... This timing of the timing of the pandemic is, of course, right. yeah, very important it's in so, this story. It's so funny. <laughs> yes, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm all. It all started when I was born in 1990. <laughs> no, so it, um, in 2020, early on, I was like. The end of 2019 to early 2020, I, I personally was finally like living my best life where I wasn't constantly stressed out that the restaurant was bleeding me. And I could, I took a vacation for a few weeks to like really like reset. And I had a team in place that I was obsessed with that, that I really felt comfortable leaving. Um, at the same time, my partner Dan was in political campaigns. So on he, his campaign ended on the 3rd. And so on the 5th, we went to Hawaii, March 5th. Um, oh, wow. And we came back March. Yeah. We were like, yeah, I we mean, came back March 14th. Really <laughs> grateful you took that vacay. Yeah. under the wire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we came back March 14th. And there was a guy in front of us, like a guy and a woman. And they were being like very protected. Like they had masks on and goggles and like sanitizing everything. And me and Dan were like laughing at them because, yeah. like, oh, my God. Little did we know. I know. Um, what was ahead of us. <laughs> so uh, we we already started to feel a slowdown. It was like a gradual slowdown in like sales, like about 20%. Mm -hmm. And so as soon as I landed back in LA, um, mind you, we had just started to get to a point where we were like a viable business. <laughs> and yeah. I was, you know, I was very grateful because you can only tell your investors like it's going to turn around for so long, <laughs> mm -hmm. especially in restaurants when there's certain trends that you kind of have to follow along. Um, anyway, so I thought, you know, the slowdown was related to the virus, of course. We we came up with a plan to incorporate new safety measures, you know, not using reusable things, changing to disposable. Um, and then the 16th um, was the shutdown. And the night, you know, we knew that. I don't know if you guys also had the same experience, but I think everyone kind of knew it was coming mm -hmm. um, by then. So I was, I was, you know, just in bed, like, crying because I had no clue 
I, I mean, I, this is not something I've been through. I don't know if you guys have been through a global pandemic before. No, I have not. Even like hundred years plus. <laughs> right. So I was, I was like, I had no clue what was going to happen. I had seventy employees at the time, um, so I was just seventy. Like, it was seven really zero. difficult. I was seven zero. Seven. Wow. Again, so so impressive. impressive. <laughs> I mean, really, yeah, it's a big. It's a it big was. Deal. A, and we were growing. Yeah, yeah, and and it was so you know our catering business was booming like we were really growing, um, and the it gives me the chills to think about it. But like I remember sitting in bed like very much aware that I was going to have to call in every employee or at least, you know, 98% of them and tell them that they didn't have a job anymore in yeah. theory. Right. I didn't know how long they were saying three weeks at that time. Um, <laughs> and, but I, I, yeah. And you know, what's so funny is I was telling my manager team then I was like, guys, I definitely know it's not going to be three weeks. I'm going to say three months. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I was like, no, it's just going to be three months. Here we are like 11 months later and yeah. you know, no end in sight. So, um, but you know, it was, it was really difficult to like, that was the worst part, the very beginning when like there was so much uncertainty and then you, when you're in charge people are looking to you yeah. even if you know nothing they look to you right. for like so when are we coming back you know and mm-hmm. weeks after that for initial furlough period we were getting texts especially for like we have a big um latino american community um them are like english as second language or don't speak english at all so it was very confusing to them why they weren't coming to work so some of them would text me like you know every week like is it, i'm coming back on monday um you know clearly unaware of what was going on and that was really really difficult um on top of that you know we're in the arts district we have uh almost 6,000 square feet of space. So our rent is about $20,000, a little more. Um, And I was like, how am I going to pay this? Because, you know, and so I I had met with our landlord um, and initially he was like, oh, this is a blip in the water. It's going to be nothing. He, I said, look, I can share my books with you. We can be very transparent. Um, you know, and, and he was like, I run a business. I know, I know books, you know, do you even <laughs> accept credit card? And I was like, we definitely, like, I think he was insinuating that we're like cash only. So we were going to be sneaky about it. Landlords. Um, and he's, I know he's, he's definitely come around though, but I, I recently saw an email from him from um, April saying like, Oh, I think we're going to open soon. Mm. And like, you know, we didn't. So, mm. but he's definitely come around and has been become very upset, accepting that this is Good. a little bit more dire than that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So initially everyone was hoarding like heavy, um, you know, Dan to me, my partner talked to me, maybe in January, like, Hey, maybe we should start getting supplies together. And I was like, no, you're just trying to stress me out. But everyone had already got on that tip. So by March, you know, we were late, but we, I own a restaurant that had many bathrooms. So we had a ton of toilet paper. We had a ton of products in the fridge. Um, and so we were like, we showed up the day that the, the closure started March 16th at 8am. And we were like, uh, what are we going to do? So everyone was hoarding. So we came up with these emergency taco kits um, and it was basically 10 pounds of meat, rice and beans, just like, you know, if you want to have food for a couple of weeks and not have to do much, but like heat up some beans and some rice and beans. Um, 
And so we were like, if we can sell 10 kits a day, because they were 150 each, then we're going to be okay. Like just 10 kits mm-hmm. a day. Um, and we added toilet paper because we had a ton. And I thought that that was really mm-hmm. funny. So we added four mm-hmm. rolls of toilet paper <laughs> and um, a flat of eggs because my mom was at like Costco waiting in line for hours for eggs. And I was like, we have so many eggs that are going to go bad. So we also added eggs. So it had a couple of things in it, not just like meat, but it was, it was enough to like, it was salsa, eggs, uh, toilet paper, tortillas, like enough to get you comfortable. I know Brittany's partner, Dan, and uh, I saw him posting about that. And I remember thinking that was so brilliant. And, and one of the (laughs) things that I think that will be revealed as we talk to you today is just how quick you've been at pivoting and adapting. Uh, and, and that was yeah. the first thing that I was like, that's really impressive. Anyway, sorry to interrupt. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm, I, it's a very long story. It's 11 months of my, my trials and tribulations. So I appreciate the interruption. Um, yeah, so we, we did this. I genuinely, I was, we were like 10 kids today. And when the first kit came in, we were like, oh yeah, like everyone was celebrating. And Dan was working because he had just ended a campaign and we were super poor all of a sudden. Um, and my chef was like, it, we were just like, yeah, one kit, we sold one. And then the second one came in and then third. And and by the end of the kit process, because you guys all know the hoarding process did not last. Like people yeah. got over that very quickly. Mm-hmm. But during that hoarding month or six weeks, it we were selling 100 kits a day. It was like incredible. Like, Well, we that's so much easier than eggs. trying to battle at the market, <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, we had to do a cutoff because we couldn't keep up with the demand. Mm-hmm. We were able to bring most of our kitchen employees back. Like um, we were able to, for those that we couldn't bring back, we were able to buy them like grocery boxes and like help them out financially because of it. We were able to maintain our health insurance, like so many things because of these kits that we were able to like, you know, be okay for yeah. like six weeks. Um as the pandemic grew on, the hoarding mentality kind of tapered off. I think people felt like, oh, okay, I think we're going to be able to wipe our butts. You know, <laughs> we're okay. <laughs> um, and so people wanted to do different things. So we loved the kit idea and it was a really easy way to keep our staff safe because we cooked it isolated in an isolated space and then we like sent it out. So we did um, like meal kits that we thought were really fun. So we did like a Roots Chris kind of steakhouse kit. Um, we did like a Korean barbecue kit where we put like Korean beauty products in it so you can have like a whole night That's of cute. it. Mm. Um, you know, yeah. So we did various kits and then that got us to the next phase and then went out when indoor dining open, um, it, we got the okay on May 30th um, with a laundry list of restrictions. And if you ever worked in a restaurant or been near a restaurant, um, there's nothing that you can do, especially in the middle of a pandemic, in like two days. Yeah. So some people... Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys listened, but the health department effectively said, if you can, it's honor system. If you can honor these 15 rules, you can open and you can open tonight. (laughs) Yeah. My question is, what was that community? Like, obviously it sounds terrible, but but like, what was that communication? Like, like how, so they gave you two days notice. Was it just like a, a generic email with a checklist? Like how, like, what was that process? It was, there was no, so I had been getting texts because I'm very involved in like advocacy and I, I have like a strong restaurant yeah. uh, community of friends. So I'd been getting texts. Like I hear we're opening on Friday. Did you hear that? And I was texting back like, and I feel like I always know things like I have like a, a fifth sense. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> but I feel like I, um, like I was like, no, don't worry, guys. There's no way they're going to open us. Like, they're at least going to give us a runway to prepare. Like, don't worry. There's no way. There's no way. And then um, there is no, unless you're, like, subscribed to things, there really is no active communication where they're like, hey, I know you hold the health department permit. These are the rules. There's none of that. Mm. Um, so it's just a matter of, like, Facebook <laughs> groups and following Eric Garcetti's Twitter. And, um, wow. you know, like. This is ridiculous. Yeah, there's not. Yeah. Um, and so I knew that there was a, um, let me see, what do you, what is it called? A press conference. Mm-hmm. And so I said, um, so we were watching it. So we would always like sit around the computer and watch them. And so that's how we found out. Like, and then somebody asked one of the reporters was like, so when can restaurants open? And I think it was Barbara Ferrer. She was like, if they can comply with all the rules, they can open tonight. And um, there's like a ton of rules. <laughs> It's so frustrating. And so some of my friends were texting me like, the place next door already opened. Like literally the second that she said, okay, mm. you can. Yeah. It, it's just so frustrating and impossible. The lack of clear communication from leadership about what is mm-hmm. necessary. The last minute nature of it. Um, I mentioned this to to you last week when we chatted, but I have a friend. I have a couple of friends who own a, a, a workout studio, a bar method. And yeah. they... You know, again, the similar situation, this last minute, okay, you guys can reopen. They weren't comfortable or prepared to make that next step. However, other businesses around them just did whatever. They just took that as a sign right. to reopen without necessarily meeting all of this checklist. And then they took the time to <laughs> put all this, the precautions in place. They reopened. Two days later, everything got shut down. And it was just a, a colossal waste of time yeah. and money for them anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, um, I mean, they set up, they set up a system where you are rewarded for not following the rules because Mm -hmm. there was, it was honor system based. There was um, really no system for enforcement or regulation. Um, And so for us, I was like, there's no way we can open. We have most of our staff is at home. Who knows what they're doing? We have them all tested. We have to do safety training with them. We have to install plexiglass we have to install like the sanitizing procedures like there's no way we can open so I decided that we would open in a month which mm-hmm. was July 1st um and so on on, on June 15th we started a, a huge staff training that was outdoors and we had our huge staff that we had to pay to be there go through a training which we paid for um and we had meanwhile there's construction going on installing plexi making sure we paid an architect to make sure that we can like stay certain mm-hmm. amount of, like we it was really important to me that like no one got COVID of course because I care about my own safety and the safety of the staff but like because it, if getting COVID is not like the cool thing to do, right? So like right. we had to keep COVID out of the restaurant. Um, you know, like at the very bare minimum, it was just a matter of like keeping business viable because you're like, oh, Grill Tacos, COVID girl now, like nobody was going to want to go there. So you know what? it was really yeah. important that we took the time, <laughs> that we took the time to um, like open safely. So we opened indoor dining on July 1st and I came in early that morning and at like 6 a.m. I got a text from my friend um, who is the executive director of the Independent Hospitality Coalition. He texted me saying, um, I'm hearing from a really good source that Gavin Newsom is going to shut down the state again. Oh, my God. Oh, and I was like, no. Um, and so I pull over my managers and I and I told them like, hey, um, 
I know we're opening today, so don't tell the staff anything. Because the staff was like jazzed. They were like high-fiving, right. um, like, you know, COVID high-fiving. But they were jazzed to be back. It was like the first day back at school. Um, and then at noon that day, we opened at 11. We got the notice that, that our restaurants had to be shut down. Oh, no. for an hour. You were <laughs> open for an hour. I know. Well, we were open for five because he did okay. allow us to stay open until the end of the day. So we did it. We saw it or through. an hour um, before you got the news, I'll say. But yeah, exactly. But we already. Yeah. I mean, it was insane. So we decided to do outdoor dining, which was wonderful. Um, and it started to feel like things were normal. We turned our parking lot into an outdoor like fiesta vibe and people loved it. And um we kept everybody as safe as we could. We did not get a single case of COVID um, mm. during that time, which was a wonderful. And then um, as cases began to rise, we were informed again, all through me, just like always looking and being in communication with friends who are like aware. Um, we were informed that if cases reached over 4,000 in a day, we would have to close outdoor dining again. Um and then there was all the drama with like Sheila Kuehl, who was um, one of the county supervisors who voted to close restaurants again, went out to a restaurant like that same yeah. night that she voted that. Mm -hmm. So people were upset at that. The hypocrisy. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, that was in early December. So yeah. a couple things come to mind. One is what I kept remarking to myself, pulling my hair out alone in my house, <laughs> just how frustrating it is because you keep you've mentioned a couple times the honor system right and i would see <laughs> you know businesses such as yourself you know who went the extra mile to create a, an outdoor space and and enforce the rules and keep people safe um you know that that meets all the guidelines but then around the corner you'd have a a restaurant that's crowding a bunch of tables onto a sidewalk very yeah. close together and there's no oversight there's no regulation it would i it felt like i was i i just couldn't believe that what i'm seeing you know if we're we're so concerned right. and we want to protect businesses yes we want to we want to be able to be open as much as possible because everyone's you right. know concerned about the economy as we should all all of these things but not doing the the oversight needed to keep people safe and it it made me very right. frustrated um you mentioned the Independent Hospitality Coalition, uh, and I would love if you talked a little bit more about that, explain to our listeners what this organization is yeah. and what role you yeah, play so with them. There, um, I'm going to sneak in another organization. There are two organizations yes. that were born out of the pandemic. One is the Independent Hospitality Coalition, um, which is you know, just restaurant, bar, hotel owners that um, kind of got together in the name of advocating um, for the needs of restaurants, but um, mostly like for having a seat at the table Yeah, um, and being able to say like, hey, you're making like decisions that affect our economy. And like, we would like to talk about it because it's clearly know nothing. <laughs> so smart. Um, and I, I, it sounds like something that should be in existence even outside of a pandemic. Definitely. And we had, you know, what's so funny is like um, myself and Dina Sampson, for, who's the um, owner of Rosa Blue and Superfine, her and I had been trying to start something um, like that because like Dan is in politics, my partner, and we, I really wanted 
to, like I said, have a seat at the table where we could advocate for the needs of um, restaurant owners and restaurant workers. Um, and so we had kind of been working on that and we were like so busy that we couldn't. So once the pandemic hit, we all, we all of a sudden had a ton of free time. So we really were able to mo uh, mobilize the IHC. Um, and then we also, through the pandemic, Regarding Her Food was mm -hmm. born. And Regarding Her is kind of the same thing, but more focused on empowering female um, hospitality entrepreneurship um, through like grant programs or mentorship. So a Love little it. bit more like, not like fighting the man so much, but more like supporting one another. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, it's been the community that's come out of it has been amazing. So, you know, yeah. I've been seeing regarding her posts a lot. Uh, uh, you guys have done something very successful. It it, it broke awareness for a, a lot of us in, in Los Angeles. And I think it's so inspiring to talk about on the show, on all of our shows, but particularly this one, we've talked a lot about mutual aid and community organizing and how, you know, without good leadership, uh, we have to depend on our communities for survival, which is, you know, why I'm so excited to have you here to talk about these these things because you've really shown up as a leader and and helped create resources and for the and opportunities for the restaurant community here, um, and I think that that's I, I I think that's so important to highlight, especially for our listeners, people in other cities and other places around the country around the world, because you if you do not have something like this in your community you have the opportunity to create that, you know, to right. step up and create whatever it is that you need. It doesn't even have to be restaurants, your specific community. Yeah. Welcome to the worst year ever. We'll get through together or not. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash news. That's lifelock.com slash news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but like I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? 
That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty. Beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. thing I wanted to talk about. <laughs> delivery apps. Uh, yes. I, I think it would be interesting and helpful to hear your insight on delivery apps as a restaurant owner. Yeah. Delivery apps are um, a necessary evil, I guess, is the phrase that is the best describes them. Um, you know, the reality is, I, myself included, certainly, people um, were feeling unsafe to go out um, and, you know, we needed to get food to people. We don't have the staff or infrastructure to deliver. Mm-hmm. And these delivery apps are like, hey, I'm here, girl. Um, but the problem <laughs> is that it's um, it's very expensive. You know, we yeah. don't make a lot of profit on our food. We do about 20. I, I shouldn't say 20%. 20% is like the Chipotle McDonald's. They're doing 20% net profit. So at the end of the day, all their bills paid, they're profiting 20%. A small restaurant is like maybe 10 to 5. So it's wow. very slim margins that we work on. Um, and so when a delivery app takes a certain amount off of the top, Plus, they charge a fee to the customer. It it's um. I mean, it puts us in a position where it's like, well, what else? What else are we gonna do? Um, Plus, you don't get tips for your employees, right? Yeah, it's so funny. I got a call the other day. This, oh no, 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 that's not what happened. What happened was on a ticket, somebody sent in an order, and, and it automatically prints to our kitchen. And they customers can leave notes like you know, salsa on the side, whatever. This guy writes, please don't put. Um, please tip on the bag this time. Um, and I was like, what is he talking about? We would never write like, please tip on the bag. Yeah. And so I called this customer and I'm like, Hey, what's going on? And he was like, the last time I ordered from you guys, somebody, you had wrote on the bag, please tip. And I was like, Hey, that's not, you know, even if you had tipped, it doesn't come to us. It goes to your driver. So that's not something we would do. Like, I'm so sorry that happened. I'm going to bring that up with like the delivery platform because the, you know, the drivers have access to yeah. um, the food. It's like pens. And, pens and that's in the bag. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was like, yeah, but it was like, this guy wrote like please tip on the bag and it reflected poorly on us but even if like the driver like took some we don't have french fries but like took some french fries out of like a burger place or like um yeah dropped something it all nobody's thinking like oh i wish john the delivery driver would have done better they're immediately i saw a meme recently that said like mcdonald's can mess up your order a million times and you'll go back but an independent restaurant messes up once and you hate it you tell all your friends you write a review on yelp and you write them off forever and it's really true and so then the delivery drivers and the apps add like an additional layer of like something that's out of our control but hugely affects our business so for you, you have to use a delivery app, especially right now, you know? I, yes. And it's and it's also, in a way, can be considered advertising, I guess, because you've got people just scrolling right. and maybe they get sparked <laughs> by an idea. But um, I, it's just such a tough decision to have to – pill to swallow, I guess, is a better way to put it. Yeah. Are there apps that are better than others for the business? Great question, Katie. Yeah. 
So what's happening now, there used to be like exclusivity deals that you could make. And so, you know, if, uh, if you agree to only be on Uber Eats, they'll cut you like a little deal and mm-hmm. they'll take care of you. What's happening now, though, is um, every app company is buying another. So now Uber Eats mm-hmm. has got Postmates, <laughs> yeah. Caviar just got bought by DoorDash. So that the exclusivity deals are not a thing anymore. The customer service isn't great for any of the apps. I, I'm trying oh, to yeah. think. Probably Uber Eats has the biggest infrastructure. So every everyone is very attentive to me when we're first signing up with them. And then like the moment we're signed up and the contract is signed and the money's coming in, it's like crickets. Like I'll be like, hey, this huge issue is happening. And it's like crickets, like nothing. Uh, no, there's no support for, I mean, we're on... We're on Caviar right now and Postmates. I don't know if I'm allowed to like say the names, but oh, you're fine. We're on Caviar and Postmates right now. Free advertising. <laughs> um, there's another <laughs> restaurant. Yeah, there you go. There's another restaurant I run called Tiago. They're on all four of them. Um, Uber Eats has like the best customer service, you know, marginally, but it's it's very, very, very poor customer service. Did you say you own Tiago? Yeah, yeah. Tiago is one of the restaurants that um, I'm a minority owner and, and operator. I love Tiago. Oh, that's so happy. I'm so happy to hear that. What do I you love, love your, about that? And I love your I love your uh, roasted sweet potato tacos at your at, at your downtown <laughs> spot. Yay. I mean, you don't get you get, like I've seen sweet potato tacos before, but the, like the roast oh, of it. All. I'm getting that very soon. Yeah, roasted sweet potato yeah. tacos. And there's some, there's some, well, I'm trying to remember what the other ingredient in there is. That's just like, it's a potato. I've read some Brittany kind. knows. Like, there, there's, yeah, what's, what, there's something well, else in that I'm like, there's like something fried in there. I'm a, like, trying to remember what. Well, the, the, so it's sweet potatoes. It's on almond salsa that we make. There's fried corn in it, which is Ooh, like the yes. crunchy. Corn is my favorite yeah. food. Yeah. That sounds delicious. Yeah. So it's kind of um, like, it's more like a corn nut. <laughs> I can, I'm like salivating thinking <laughs> about this. Um, What's the best way for uh, for us to support restaurants during this time then? It, it, would it be ordering yeah. directly and showing up for takeout? Yeah, um, definitely. Um, I would say ordering directly, um, just, you know, calling the restaurant or placing it online if they have like an online portal that's not Postmates, DoorDash, Caviar, Uber Eats, et cetera. Yeah. Um, ordering directly is always super helpful. Buying merch, buying gift cards for like friends mm-hmm. if you know someone's birthday's coming up for the future um posting if you do go there like posting and having like yeah um, at the same time i'm i'm super aware that like you know we thought dan had covid for a second and we were on lockdown and i didn't want to cook one day so we did we had to order out because it wasn't it, ethical <laughs> to like leave yeah um and so i understand you know and i would just say like you know when when you order out to um order a lot <laughs> so. yeah yeah, make it make it a couple meals worth. Like uh, right. place an order. I I kind of try to do that when I cave and and yeah, cave. I've done way more post mating, uh, caviaring than I ever have in my life. But like you yeah. said, it's kind of a necessary evil right now. But I'm also being very conscious whenever possible to order directly from a place and go and pick up. Also, a thing that I've noticed. I don't know if this is an option for for your restaurant, but. There are a couple of restaurants on Caviar that, if you scroll, have a $5 tip for your staff that you can add to your menu. So, like, right. you just go down and I, you know, 
getting these bagels or whatever, and and you add the five dollar gratuity that goes stri- directly to the restaurant. So you can tip the driver and the restaurant. You tip your driver, right. yeah, right, but yeah. you just add five dollars to your cool. bill that goes towards gratuity. Um, I don't know if we're restaurant owners out there. If if that's something that you can figure out how to add, I don't know. I try to do it though. Yeah, there's set. Se- there's several things that you've said that are like not surprising, but yet still shocking. And like the lack of communication, like you knew it was going to be shit because it's Los Angeles and our county government is just trash. But like hearing that you're getting the same information from a terrible Garcetti press conference, which are, by the way, some of the most painful things that right. I've ever seen um, and not getting any kind and like honorism is just such a failure on the city's part yeah and there's so many um like something i struggle with i I try to really be understanding that like everyone's doing their job and doing the best that they can and like that and you know all that stuff but there is um there is this level of like it's really hard to describe what it feels like when you hear like the garcetti's of the world or even like the nancy pelosi's or the mitch mcconnell's talking about like the federal packages you know talk just like saying like filler bs mm-hmm. and i'm just like for sure like i get that they're doing what they're doing because they want their political career to survive and you know there's a, there's a lot of um context and stuff but like i feel like it's a time to like put that bullshit aside because people are just like like at the bare minimum just trying to survive not even like mm-hmm. my career to survive or like my plants to survive or you know or to keep my expensive life but like literally people are trying to stay in their homes. People are trying to pay their bills and like concerned yeah. that like there's mounting, mounting debt that there is no help from. And like, they're fucking worried. Sorry. I don't know if I'm allowed to curse. You're allowed to do it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. They're like worried about a fucking Amy Coney bear. I'm just like, look, I I'm like very in the know, but like at this point, I'm just trying to make sure that like I can have a job and I'm the owner, you know, like I don't even yeah. like, this is just, I don't understand that. Like, if I had my restaurant and a pipe burst, I'm not going to worry about like the fact that, you know, somebody wants more water before like my pipe bursts. You know what yeah. I mean? It's just, like when you talk about Garcetti, it, it really bothers me like the fluff because I'm just like, cut the bullshit. Like, let's like, how are you going to help me? Because like, honestly, that's all I care about right now. Like call me selfish, but like me and my staff and everyone in our orbit, like, Staffers have their job. The people in Eric Garcetti's orbit, the people in Nancy Pelosi's orbit, they all have their jobs. Like, it makes me me really sad because, like, I – people are – scared and like losing their jobs and losing things that they've built and like losing sense of predictability, losing their homes. And if you don't see it happening, like, I guess that's why you're not doing anything about it. But like, it fucking, it sucks. Like, I'm (sighs) – they don't care. <laughs> it's it's infuriating. I mean, it's like they they don't see the humanity of it all, and it it's like what? Well, why, I don't care about your. I don't care about your. Campaign. There's a real yeah. disconnect it's between like, the politics and their image, policy. yeah, and, their, and policy, yeah. And, and but it's yeah. it's true. Regardless, it's just extra true and extra apparent during right. a pandemic. Yeah, because it's like, it's like at this point, you're just a bad person. Like, you can't even be like, oh, I'm just playing the game. Like, because, yeah, yeah, sure, when everyone's kind of okay, even though there's still a lot of, like, chronic homelessness and all that stuff, sure. But, like, now you're just a bad person. And you're putting yourself above, like, 
everything that you have like made an oath to do. And, and, you know, I, I really believe that when this is all said and done, like there are going to be a lot of people who are on the wrong side of like history, you know, like this is, Oh yeah. And I see, um, I don't know. Like I see, it sucks that like some of my staff that's older has to decide between like their health and their life or, Mm -hmm. and their livelihood and being able to feed their kids. And, um, it's an impossible choice. Yeah. Like, Oh, we like are you giving have... people or businesses the support they need to adequately protect right. uh, your employees, yourself during this time. You right. you want the everything to shut down? Well, you got to pay for it to be shut down. Right. Exactly. You want it to be open? You need to manage and be clear about the guidelines. You need to help us invest in making the community safe. And we just had, you know, it's like so fucked up. It's like we just had, um, so we pay like certain taxes, but like we couldn't afford one of our taxes early on in the pandemic. And like the government takes the money out, like they just like squeak, mm-hmm. swoop on in. Like they're getting theirs. Like no matter what, like the gut, like, you know, everyone's getting their check and, um, I don't yeah. know. I just mm. don't. Yeah. Now is not that nobody should be making money in the middle of a global pandemic. I myself, like we want to take care of our bills and stuff like that, but nobody should be like, Ooh, I'm like $10,000 million richer, like in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah. That's not a sense of pride. How can you be proud about that? Yeah. I don't get that. Yeah. Sorry. Y- y'all let me go. Yeah. So. No, I mean, you're wonderful. <laughs> Garcetti got the, uh, got the vaccine a few days ago. Uh, after promising that he wouldn't jump in line in front of Please. essential workers to get the vaccine, but he did it anyway. It's all yeah, of course, of course he did. He did. I I had a question. Um, so you were going through your timeline, and you kind of explained how you found out about like when you could reopen last year. What happened with this uh, Newsom uh, uh, Newsom surprise reopening? What was the communication? I'm sure it the was most shit, but recent yeah. one for listeners. We just last yeah, minute California, reopened California. Yeah, California was, uh, despite uh, the ICUs being full and everything, we're just like, surprise, let's reopen. It's Everything's fine. Yeah. Um, yeah, what was that communication like? Oh, it was so bad. Um, so from my experience of it was, I, I same thing. I got a message saying like, hey, I'm hearing from Newsom's office that um, there's a big movement for recall, Gavin Newsom, um, mm-hmm. that's going on. And, mm-hmm. you know, he's starting to fold under political pressure. So he's going to open the state. And um, so at, when I found out that I was like, look, I'm sure there are other counties that are like doing much better than LA because we're so densely populated. The LA County is not going to open. There's no way. Again, <laughs> same thing. Trust it again, yeah. like a fool. Mm-hmm. Um, but but um, and so we got the green light to open on the state level, and we were waiting for the county level, which like again it was like Facebook groups knowing when. <laughs> yeah, it's like Facebook is you know for better or worse. I guess is another one of those things. Um, but so I was. We were. We got. We saw another. Uh, conference with uh barbara Ferrer and she said that um we can open with some modified rules on friday and that they would come out with the modified rules the day before um and this was monday <laughs> and so <laughs> the day before yeah. yeah yeah it was like um it was like really insane. but like so, on our system you guys are gonna be safe yeah yeah well what's extra frustrating about it is i i don't have the statistic in front of me but especially here in Los Angeles, restaurant workers, people that need to go into a kitchen are some of the, it, it's a very high risk. It's not something to be right. taken lightly. This is a 
a huge responsibility for restaurants and a huge undertaking. And uh, right. it, that's that's what gets – it's frustrating, yeah, but this is – what's at stake are people's lives. <laughs> right, like, yeah. yeah. Um, and it's and it's like – yeah, it's more than that. You know, like um, if somebody gets COVID and they're in like a an impoverished household that, you know, is kind of below the poverty line, they're likely going to give it to their partner mm-hmm. and their children. And so now that's multiple people that are out of work for who knows how long. Like it's and, – and making the decision to open it – so so many people are like, well, just don't open. And I'll tell you why cool. that doesn't work. <laughs> One is that um, once outdoor dining is open, our, our takeout sales, we're already seeing it because we're not, we haven't opened outdoor yet. We'll plummet. And yeah. they already are. Um, and the second thing is like, I have already gotten an email from my landlord that says like, hey, uh, you know, we need to talk about the resumption of rent payment now that open, the outdoor dining has resumed. Like, mm. as soon as we're open, I, like, literally got this email January 31st, we opened the 29th, or we were allowed to open the 29th, so. Landlord. Yeah, and, like, look, it, he's running a business, everyone's got their fucking, like, shit to do, but that that is why that these decisions really need to be thought through, because it's so much more than just, like, open, don't open, I'll make the choice, but it's, like, once the optics change where you can open, everyone wants their money now. Things yep. are back to normal. Great. Like the government from the top down needs to set the tone for the state of the situation. And when you say like, hey, everyone, everything open, but don't go out. But unless you work there, then go. But it's don't. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. like, yeah. yeah, it's so, I don't know if you've seen that, um, that Instagram yeah. video yeah. of that guy yeah. being yeah. like, but if you do work, yeah. go yes. and if support small business, so go, but stay home. It's like very that's, funny. that is, yeah. And that's like so true because it's like, um, yeah, it's like stay home, but support small business by going out and doing outdoor dining. Yeah, but don't. And, the whole, <laughs> and the hypocrisy of keeping indoor malls open, but outdoor yeah. restaurants closed, yeah. like there isn't a riber reason within the parameters, obviously with them just like randomly opening and closing and da-da. Right. Like there's no science, there's no science being used there. So that's frustrating as well. But I mean, I can't even under, I, I, like keeping indoor malls open. Yeah. yeah. And it's, mm, it's, my blood's boiling. The other thing was like at Tiago, <laughs> one of the things once, cause we have this massive patio. If you've been there, you know? Yeah. Um, so one of the things I was like, you know, talking to Dan about doing was that we would do like a yoga class outdoors because you're allowed to do a yoga class, oh, right. but you're not allowed to do outdoor dining. So I was like, we just sell coffee <laughs> and then we host a yoga class outside. So, and he was like, is that allowed? I was like, that's totally allowed. Like you can host, a yoga class in your patio but you can't and I get it's like maybe it's like the mask taking off thing I don't know but like that was like this is like the mm. most brilliant idea but and the other thing is like we're r and for this new restaurant and so what I'm seeing what I what I see a lot is like we're kind of in a bubble me and my one chef um and because he's like single guy so it's just really him us and Dan and um you know, we're, we're like, there's nowhere to eat. Let's eat in the car. We, li- we, we're like in close proximity, so it's fine. But like how many other people are like, oh, we can't eat outdoors. Let's go eat in the car. Let's go eat at my house. Right. Let's go eat in, you know, like if, if you, you take away the options. Right. And like, and we were fucking sanitizing like crazy. We were like contact tracing. We were, Hey, you need to put your mask on when the diner, when the server approaches the table, like at least we were doing that. And now you yeah. have them at home where it's like willy nilly laws and everyone's indoors and using the, you know what I mean? It's a, yeah. it didn't make a lot of sense. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Yeah. Well, Brittany, we really, really, really appreciate 
uh, you taking the time to chat with us today. Can yeah. you, uh, yeah, one last time, plug your <laughs> restaurant, mm. promote, promote yeah. your stuff. Yeah, so we have Gorilla Tacos, which is in downtown. It's like tacos. We have Gorilla Cafecito, which is our like breakfast concept, which is right next door. We have Tiago on the in Hollywood, right by Runyon Canyon. Um, and then we're opening a new restaurant this summer called Gogo's Tacos. So a lot of tacos. But I mean, there's so many wonderful restaurants. Um, I would just my biggest point to your listeners or anybody that's hungry and eats out <laughs> is to do your best um, to actively order from independently on restaurants. Yeah. I love a good Shake Shack burger. I love a McDonald's fry as much as the next person and an <laughs> In-N-Out burger. But like if you can actively go out to a restaurant that is small, independent, mom and pop, like that does so much for yeah. the restaurant, so much more than it does for Shake Shack, I promise you. Yeah, that's um, a, a really good point. And post yeah. about it. Yeah. I always get weird when I'm posting stuff online, like picture. I get self-conscious on Instagram, but I, I, it truly has opened my eyes and uh, shown me new new places that I want to support. Yeah, uh, and it's 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 helpful. And Again, how many community. times are you are you mindlessly scrolling and then you see like yeah. something cheesy and you're like, oh, I need to, I guess I'm not cooking tonight. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's, <laughs> I, I cannot stress enough how much that that really works and it really moves the needle so for funny. us so much more than well, I think anyone can imagine. So I'm going to get some yeah. gorilla tacos this weekend and I'm definitely <laughs> hey. going to post about it. Okay. <laughs> Thank yeah. you, Brittany. So we much. really All appreciate right. it. Thanks, guys. Welcome to the worst year ever. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but, like, I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty. Beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Mom met a lot of your demands over the years. This Mother's Day, get her the Bartesian cocktail maker that makes premium cocktails on demand. In just 30 seconds, have your choice of over 60 premium or seasonal cocktails, all at the touch of a button. Get $50 off on the Bartesian cocktail maker now when you buy one pack of cocktail capsules. So, for all the times you made a mess, get mom the countertop cocktail system that makes premium cocktails without making any mess at all. For all the times you begged for soda, get her premium cocktail capsules made with real fruit juice and craft bitters. For all the times you demanded tacos for dinner, get her the Bartesian that mixes margaritas in just 30 seconds. Make mom's Mother's Day and all the 364 days that aren't Mother's Day with a Bartesian cocktail maker at $50 off. Visit B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N.com backslash mother now to get $50 off the Bartesian premium cocktail maker. Bartesian, premium cocktails on demand. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbionica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbionica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O. T-I-K-A dot com. Everything is so dark.
And that was our interview with Brittany Vias of Gorilla Tacos here in Los Angeles. Um, really appreciate her taking the time to chat with us. I hope that you guys can find some inspiration on your own life uh, from what she's been working on. And I actually thought that was really fascinating yeah, conversation. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, like, I, I, I know that I said this. I was like, oh, I'm not shocked, but I'm shocked. But it's still just so surprising to me that, like, the communication yes. that they gave last May is the same communication they gave this January. Like, what what the yeah, fuck well, are you it, doing? Yeah, the, like, certainly uh, not learning. Why, is there, why isn't there a fucking e- Send a fucking on email. State, the, the fact, fuck yeah, the, the fact the they fuck? need, like, these Facebook groups and they're like, well, let's check Garcetti's tweets. Um, Check Garcetti's tweets. Like, my God, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, that's. Sh- I, I, I didn't want to like be fully outraged like dur- during the interview because it just felt rude. But what the yeah. fuck? Yeah. That's terrible. Yeah, he sucks. <laughs> but it's like, oh, I am but, inspired. Well, I am inspired by all the She's examples of hell. people coming together and organizing and working together. Um, and, and trying building, hard to do the right thing, right? Yeah. Like you're still doing all the, the other right things. The other thing that was that was also like enraging to me that I actually like I didn't know the margins were that bad, but the margins that restaurants make yeah. off food apps is lower than look. I thought it would be no, it's really like, bad. I mean, in my head, I was like, oh, it's low, but it's like, yeah, 10%. that's that's just it's criminal. it is criminal. Uh, we will be doing uh, an episode on the in the future more about apps. Um, and Prop 22. And LA's Prop 22, uh, yeah. Which isn't just LA's Prop 22. Uh, all the other states are... are yeah, they're to, all to, taking, yeah. taking a cue from that, yeah. But that is yeah. for a future episode. Uh, I think that does it for us today. Our our thoughts are with Robert. We miss him today. Um, but yeah. uh, we all are really, really, really grateful for this community that you guys have built with us. And I, I know he appreciates it. And so do we. Yeah. But we will be back next week. It's true. With more things to talk more about. More stuff. Yeah. Guys, you can follow uh, Katie at Katie Stoll. You can follow Cody at Dr. Mr. Cody. You can follow Robert at I Write Okay. You can follow this very podcast at Worst Your Pod. Um, and we'll be back, be back next week for you. Bye. Bye. Lovely. Worst Year Ever is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Get in zone, auto zone. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? I think my battery's dead. With free battery testing and charging, we can help you get back on the road. So what if I need a new one? We have the right Duralast battery for you, only at AutoZone. And what about my old battery? We can recycle it right here at America's number one battery destination. Restrictions apply. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and every 
body. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count.